Wardrobe is a podcast that is designed to help his audience dominate from behind the desk. But you need some basic things that you need to build into your virtual office in order to do that. And the most frequently asked question is, where do I get started? And if you remember in episode 25, I laid out the main three building blocks, the bare minimum you need to do to really be professional on camera. But what if you want more than the bare minimum? How do you get yourself perfectly positioned for the camera? Well, I'm going to tell you how, but you know the drill. You're going to have to stick around to find out. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christy Vartanian, a civil engineer and attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Thank you for joining us for one more episode of Waste Up Wardrobe, and I am so grateful you are here. Today, we're going to be going back to the basics. We're going to be talking about what are the basic ingredients you need to really create that great virtual office. Like We are going to dig deep and summarize those main key ingredients, and today we're going to outline six of them. But before I get started, I just want to remind you, we are on iTunes, so go ahead, subscribe, review us, and rate us. And I also want to say thank you to my producer who makes everything happen on this show, Rick Moscoza, who's always in the production room, making sure that everything um, is uninterrupted and perfectly produced. And I want to just start by saying that the most frequently asked question when it comes to uh, you know building that virtual office, I mean, we have been talking about this for almost a year now. This is episode 49. And we've been talking about every aspect of the virtual office. You know, it doesn't really just, it's not only about the clothes, it's about everything that really goes into the camera. And sometimes it involves mindset and sometimes it involves your clothes and others, it involves things that you don't think you need to pay attention to. But when you do, you realize what a big impact it makes. So just, if I'm going to go back a little bit and talk about episode 25, where we talked about the three main building blocks. So if we want to do the bare minimum, what do we do? Well, we discussed that the key things that you have to focus on are your lighting, your camera closet and what you're wearing, and thirdly, your, um, uh, your space how to design the space behind you, because that is a billboard for your business and your brand. And remember, a, a, a space that isn't well um, maintained or doesn't project well is kind of a negative way of talking to your audience. People people see in the background a messy desk or a, a bed, whether it's unmade or made, people don't want to see that. That doesn't really show your image off in a positive way. And we talked about these in detail. We started off by talking about the camera closet and what really to wear when it comes to showing up on camera. And this is a little quiz right now, but uh, I don't know. Do you remember what that main universal rule is when it comes to dressing for the camera? Well, universally saturated colors, universally uh, acceptable colors are those saturated tones, the jewel tones, you know, the, the emerald green, kind of like what I'm wearing, or a nice dark red that is more of a blue red, not an orange red. You want to stay away from the oranges and the yellows and those bright colors because they tend to really pop and can be very distracting to your audience. So really those rich saturated colors is the universally um, flattering colors that most people look great in. And one of the things we also talked about is not wearing patterns. Patterns tend to be very active. They dazzle the camera. And it's interesting because if you show up in a regular conference, a face-to-face, in-person conference, it doesn't really matter if you're wearing a pattern. Sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing to do. But on camera, you have to show up differently. And patterns 
dazzle the camera. I don't know if you remember that rule about not wearing black, but that was another really important guideline because black tends to come off as harsh and a little bit aging to the person wearing it. So we tend to stay away from black. And white, similarly, is, is something we stay away from because it tends to give you a halo effect where you look like you're shining bright. Uh, the exception is maybe a warmer white if you have to wear um, that soft uh, neutral tone because sometimes your brand calls for it. Uh, but those are the main guidelines when it comes to getting dressed up for the camera. You really want to focus on not wearing something that is distracting that will take away from what you're saying. You, want, you always want people to be focused on the message, on the message that you're trying to convey. Okay, so that's about your camera closet. So what is, let me just sum that up. And I think I summed it up last time too when I said, your camera closet is really important. It's, the, it's that part of your closet that is your bunch of clothes that when you go on camera, you know you can go to. And the guidelines are just as I outlined earlier. Okay, number two, the second building block was about lighting. And in the lighting episode that we discussed, we had Rick, my producer, come on stage and talk to us about lighting. And I just want to lay the groundwork first. Lighting is so important. You don't want to look like you are, you know, uh, left in the dark. You don't want to look like you're in the witness protection program. Some people show up on camera and really pay no attention to their lighting at all. And either it's too bright, which can be very uncomfortable for the viewer, or it's too dark and it looks weird and it looks kind of creepy. So you don't want that either. So what do you do though? How do you really, um, how do you really, what are some guidelines to help us? You know, if we're setting up our office on our own, what are those guidelines that help you create a very comfortable lighting situation for your virtual office? And to help us answer that question is our very own Rick Moscoso, who is on camera now. And hi, Rick, how are you? Good morning, Christine. <laughs> Good morning. You are the lighting expert. In fact, you are the, you know, all of my tech, um, you're my tech crew. <laughs> um, you are definitely, um, you've definitely experimented with different lights and, you know, it's always kind of a work in progress because there's always like a new product that comes on the market and you're like, oh, that's great. Let's try that. And then you see um, how, you know, that shifts everything. But can you give us like the basics on lighting? Yeah. First, I have to apologize. I'm not wearing the red waist up wardrobe <laughs> hat with this blue theme that I have going on. Right. So it's okay. I apologize for that. Uh, <clears throat> well, as far as lighting, I, I'm sorry. Can you ask the question again? Yes. Lay out a foundation for us. Like give the viewers just the mm -hmm. basics when it comes to lighting. I mean, you know, we've talked a lot about front lighting and yeah. hair lights and all that, but let's, let's make it simple. The, the, the simplest thing to do, if you don't have any investment into studio lights or led panels, anything like that is to find uh, the best source of natural light that comes into your room where the light spills onto you, right? It can come slightly from the side. Uh, you definitely don't want any light sources behind you shining this way because then you'll look like a silhouette and that's not good. So if you don't have lights, um, that would be the first thing that I would look for. I'd look for setting up a desk or a broadcasting desk where the light is spilling onto you you know, like this, right? Um, second, be aware of the lights above you because that can that can really change the color of your tone, you know, unintentionally. So if you are if, if you have incandescent lights, like I, I know that chandelier behind you is incandescent and you see kind of the yellowish glow it gives you. Yeah. So that will affect because it's gonna spill down onto you, onto your set and it'll influence the color that uh of your of your skin tones and maybe it's not it might not be the skin tone you're looking for if you're in a room with fluorescent lights and uh typically fluorescent will will sh will cast a slightly greenish cast onto you so if you see that and you have fluorescent lights well that's that's the reason why and so that's why we pay attention to lighting if you're going to do if you're going to broadcast or stream on a regular basis you want to make sure that you you present yourself with the most professional look and lighting that you can, that your budget can afford. 
A hundred percent. And I still feel like even in my studio, because of the unique setup I have, that my light still, have, I have not really dialed that in because, you know, I have this yellow light. We've tried this. We've tried, the, um, you know, turning that off and having some uh, hue lights. But um, I still have to invest in a new light that you just discovered because I do tend to have a little bit of a yellowish uh, tint that I'm trying to really get rid of. And, I, you know, and this is a really good tip to the audience. It really is a work in progress. I mean, you're not going to be able to set up a room uh, immediately that is, you know, 100% perfect, you know, or professional, right? You, it's, it's a work in progress. You're, you're living, you're working out of your home office and you're limited. Like in my space, I'm limited, uh, but there are solutions and sometimes it takes some trial and error. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I remember when I first started too. Um, I didn't have any of these. Let's see this this over here. This LED lighting around the the, the wood. Um, I didn't have these Elga these um, Philips Hue lights here. I think all I had were my LED panels that I had used for some previous projects. Yeah. I do have a nice window here where I let a little bit of light spill in, so it it kind of gives me a little bit of illumination. And so when I did add these Hue lights, they were actually they were actually vertical, just lights uh they were splashing on the wall to add some texture separation between me and and the back wall and then uh, i got some strip lighting to go around let's see over here around the wood and then i moved the hue lights to the shelves and so i'm, I'm still tweaking there's some other things that i'm going to do yet and then you know of course i added the uh, hair light that's above me yeah. that you can see you can see the lighting here on my shoulders and a little bit of, on my hair so it's it's ever evolving. And what I tell people to do is just take it, take baby steps when you're adding tech, especially lighting. Yeah. Uh, if there was one important light that you want to invest in, it's the key light. It's and the key light, meaning it's the main light that's spilling onto your face that people see. Right. And then layer it from there. Right. And, you know, we just um, worked in a client's space with the lighting and the challenges she was having. So everybody has these different challenges, but the challenges she was having is that <clears throat> her light reflected in her glasses and she had to wear her glasses. Right. But she also had this beautiful natural light that came from a window on her side, which we utilize as one of her lights that sort of soft, you know, um, laid a, a soft light on one side. And then she invested in this Elgato light that we're going to put in the comments box. Will you put that link in the comments box for the audience, Rick? Actually, um, I'm going to show it first. Oh, um, excellent. Excellent. Let's see. So this is the Elgato key light. Yep. Right there. And it clamps to your desk. You can also get by an optional base if you don't have any desk uh, space or if you don't have the right desk where it'll actually clamp to, then you can mount it to the floor. This is probably the best one. It'll extend up to a little over four feet. Um, and that's really the whole key because you want to kind of get it up and uh, to a 45 degree from you to eliminate any glare, but also give you that um, that 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 look where if if you look at my fit, well, it's, it is a little bit. So here's my key light over here. So this is pretty much illuminated. There's a little bit of shadowing on this side because this light is that I have to my left is dimmer than my key. So I have a little bit of sep uh, uh, um, shadow separation in my face to add a little bit more texture. So it's not flat lighting. Right. Both illuminated. It doesn't look like a spotlight, right? So yeah, it's more, it gives you sort of that dimension, that three-dimensional effect, right? You don't mm -hmm. look flat. So yeah. could we put this uh, link in the comments, please? Because I'm sh this is an outstanding light from the, the, the most recent research that you and I have done. This seems to be the most outstanding light on the market at this t at this point wouldn't you yeah, say no doubt i mean if you follow the gamers you research the gamers and you you see what they use the majority of them use elgato lighting whether it's this key light or they do make a smaller one which is a square panel uh in compared to this rectangular one mm -hmm. uh, called the elgato air and so it is a little bit smaller and in that situation again if you're limited to space on the floor around your desk, then these will actually sit on your desk with a small base, kind of like a table lamp. Um, and those work great also. The cool thing about it is you can operate it, where'd my phone go? Oh, you can operate it from your phone through an app um, and adjust the color temperature, adjust the brightness, 
Um, so when you turn them off and you turn them back on, they go back to the last setting that you left it in. So it's, it's, it's just turn them on and they're ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. I, uh, I really am looking forward to getting mine like that because I want to definitely get rid of this. You know, once I get that, I can turn off the chandelier in the background. I've, I've, uh, we've played a little bit with the Hue Phillips lights, which I like a lot. They do work really well, but I, I, I feel like I need a couple more of those to kind of get some lightning in all the corners so I can take away the dark. It, it tends to get dark because it's only two spotlights. So that's another, um, another tool the Philips Hue lights, because those you can change a color of them, and that could be really helpful too, kind of like the ones you have in your background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the, the, the cool thing about these LEDs, or I'm sorry, these, uh, yeah, these LEDs is that, you know, the majority of them now are app uh, controlled, yeah. whether they're on your desktop or on your phone. And the, here, here's, the, here's the cool thing. So uh, a couple of uh, studios that I helped set up, I got, I recommended the Elgato air and the key lights right and then they also they happen to be on a mac and also they got um a, a small El, they got the elgato air as a hair light uh-huh and then the the question that we're asking is like do i have to turn on all three lights every time i i do this and i said well no there's a there elgato has this cool device um called stream deck gamers love this thing right because <laughs> it it's as small as uh six buttons i believe which is the mini and then it, you can get it up to 32 uh, 16 32 buttons but it's layered so you can actually have more controls behind that one button but anyway these are these are macro buttons that control multiple different functions with one touch of a button after you program it so like i was rec so like i was re recommended to you at one time because you know we're having issues of 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 um consistency with your lighting throughout the room mm -hmm. and with the uh, stream deck once we have all those things programmed in we just have a party on button and you just sit down at your studio desk yeah hit that button and everything's set right? yeah i can't wait to have that so that i can really demonstrate to the audience you know this is the, look at the before and after i mean you know before isn't that bad but it could be so much better right, right. and um the stream deck so we'll have to put that link in the comment box because you know it's, it's good to to have all these tools handy for everybody to to do and we could do it at the end of the show if we can't do it now if we can't find it now but you know i mean i don't want to complicate things for people who are just starting out so if we were to give them you know the basics right you want a front light which usually works well with your the ring light the led ring lights are really good for that and you want maybe at least one side light or maybe a great window that is you know that splashes some soft light on you natural light do you is there anything else that you would add to that well, you're right. You do want to focus on a key light uh, or the main light, right? Right. That, that's illuminating you. Okay. But before you even do that, turn on the camera and don't worry about how you look on the camera, but look at the environment behind you and make sure that's lit correctly. So I know Christine has talked about set design and all that, uh, uh, that concept in the past and we're going to talk about it now, too. Okay. Well, <laughs> that's next. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely something that you need to pay attention to. So yeah. once that is set behind you, then you can now focus on what's illuminating you. So if you don't have lighting, it's not that big of a deal. Um, just f uh, face towards the strongest light in your room if you have a window. And that way, that lighting is going to illuminate you from the front and give you nice, soft, soft lighting. Yeah. And you know, and you look, you look at your cam, your uh, confidence monitor, and evaluate it. See if it looks appealing or not. I mean, you don't want to be too dark, and you don't want to be blown out. Those are two extremes, right? And then everything in the middle is fine tuning. Um, so, lots of great ideas on light. I feel like light design is pretty tricky. I mean, that's why we have people that specialize in light design, but it is really important to pay attention to it in when you are regularly in a virtual office. I want to move on next to the um, set design, which was the third critical building block that we mentioned in episode 25, but I'm going to reiterate it now because it's so important. It's so important that I've actually created a product that I um, that I, I offer my clients of 
um, set design um, guidance. And it has been transformational for so many of my clients. I don't know if Rick has any befores and afters in um, in his uh, repertoire, but if he does, maybe he can put a couple up there. Uh, I don't, I, I haven't provided it before the show, so I know I'm kind of putting Rick on the spot, but maybe he can um, dig out one or two of them. But we have really transformed some amazing sets um, for clients that are on brand, uh, you know. So the thing about styling your background, I feel so strongly about this, and that is why I created my Waste Up Wardrobe kit um, my basic one where it's about set design. It is so critical to show up and look like you really care that your background it should speak your brand. It should really give off that impression that you are a professional and it should really be a hint into what you do. As you can see, my background I'm a personal style expert. I have mannequins in my background. That gives the, the audience an idea of what it is that I do. I have invested in a room divider, which is such a great investment that can you know move and shift, but can also separate me from maybe something in the back that is a different part, like the racks in the back of my office, right? So that the, the audience doesn't have to look at that. But there's so many things that you can do to up-level that background. And if you didn't want to, you know, professionally get your set designed um, with, with me or any other anybody else, um, one of the things that you can do for yourself is just make sure you don't have anything negative in the background. No unmade beds. In fact, no beds at all. Nobody wants to be in your bedroom. Nobody that you're streaming with, unless, you know, it's your, even, even your relatives don't really want to be there. So make sure you don't have anything that gives off this kind of an unprofessional vibe. So no cluttered desks, no cluttered tables, no, um, you know, kind of really pay attention to that. So once you eliminate the negative things, um, one of the things I think that immediately gives a great feel to your background is um, a bouquet of fresh flowers. So I, you can see I have one right here in my background. I happen to love flowers. I always have flowers all over my home, but I always make sure that I have a fresh uh, bouquet of flowers in my set because it gives that feeling of this is an alive, uh, you know, a living set where things happen and it's active. So I just think it's also a really good touch. Um, so think about that. Think about eliminating negative things, maybe putting in a great plant or a great uh, fresh flower vase, and maybe putting something in the background that is representative of your brand. So people, when they talk to you, they know what it is that you do and they know that you're living your brand even with that. And also go to wasteupwardrobe.com and check out our kits that help you really up-level your, um, your office space. And in fact, uh, Rick might be able to put the... Um, the link in the comments, wasteupwardrobe.com, where you can go and you can click on a button and it tells you what that involves. How do you really transform a space and um, and the help you can get doing it? Because sometimes we just need the expert to help us. Okay, I'm going to go into the other three building blocks, right? I talked about hair and makeup and accessorizing and skincare and <clears throat> technology as three additional building blocks. Maybe I didn't outline them earlier, but you know, the first three that we talked about in uh, episode 25 were the lighting, what you wear on camera and designing your background. Those are the bare minimum, but say you want to up level even more. Well, you're going to have to think about your technology. Technology is so important. We're talking about Wi-Fi connection, the camera you use, the earbuds that you put use, because all those things contribute to a great outcome in the audio and the visual uh, part of your streaming or recording or whatever you're doing on camera. Okay. So um, I um, I wanted to, to say that technology is a big piece. There's also, of course, skincare and makeup. And I think I'm going to go into that first because I want to talk a little bit about why I would even think that's important. Skincare to me is healthcare. You, and, and your face is what is showing up on the camera, right? So, um, yes, this is all about waste up wardrobe, right? So we really have to focus on the main thing that really shows up on camera. And before you even put makeup on, it's really important to take care of your health. You know, I'm all about personal styling from the 
inside out, it's so important to, to really make sure you've taken care of everything, not just superficially, but really from a deep place that is that that is a foundation. And um, when it comes to skincare, I have become very, very picky about what I put on my skin. As I mature, I need um, different types of uh, skincare. And I am here to share some really cool uh, discoveries that I have just discovered when it comes to skincare. So let's talk about it in a broad sense. When it comes to skincare, you want to remember the basics, right? You want to cleanse your skin and moisturize it, and you want to protect it. So um, for the camera in particular, you want to always make sure you're kind of in a, a, a routine. And so let, I'm going to share a little bit about what I do. I always... Um, and, and I didn't used to be very good at this. It really was something I had to get into the habit of. But as I mature and as I've been on camera more often, I thought I really need to um, up my game because I also get people asking me this all the time. I have discovered some products that I think are really outstanding, especially because I'm also always in search for non-toxic, completely healthful uh, products. One of the products I discovered is made by Beauty Counter. And Beauty Counter, it you know, is very, um, is very specific and very, pays a lot of attention to non-toxic products. Beauty Counter has this Lotus uh, balm uh, that is a cleanser. It's a cleansing balm. So it's one of the things that I use uh, at night and sometimes in the morning because I, you know, I get in a hurry in the morning, but definitely at night. And uh, I use it to cleanse my skin. And it really is like velvet on your skin. It's like a creamy kind of uh, balm that you just kind of, oh, and it smells amazing. And um, you apply it to your skin with makeup on and you kind of just kind of um, work it into your skin and then you wash it off. And it has really been one of my staples now. And, you know, again, this is an ever-evolving process, but this has been something that has stuck. And it's something that I really, really love to, to tell people about and recommend, especially as women and as we age. I mean, I don't really like that word. As we mature and we want to always feel like our skin is well taken care of. So Beauty Counter, I'm going to put the link of Beauty Counter in the, the comment box. Actually, Rick is going to do that. And you can go and check out the site and see if, you know, you want to sample any of these or test them. You can also reach out to me because I can provide samples for you if that's something you wanted. The other thing I do after I've done that is their other product that I really love is their um, vitamin C serum. So this stuff is pretty cool. My sister kind of got me onto this. It's, uh, it's a vitamin C serum that you put on after you cleanse. Um, and the wonderful thing about it is when you put it on, it, feel, it, it feels so healthful. It has an amazing natural smell to it. It has turmeric in it, which is really good for you. And I have seen some changes in my skin, but I'm not sure exactly what to attribute it to. Um, but this could be one of them. And, um, the you know, this is one thing that I think has that was a, a new thing that I'm doing in my regimen. And I think it can be definitely contributing to helping me uh, lessen the dark spots on my skin. Um, but I'm also doing something else. And I think we had a whole, yeah, we did have a whole episode on this. I think it was episode 38 where we talked about collagen. Now I am. I've never consumed collagen before, but I have been, I hear so many things about how collagen can be really great for your skin and for your joints and everything else. So I naturally started exploring and, um, and I found that just talking to experts and makeup artists and estheticians and some people that I knew marketed collagen is that this particular collagen I started using about 60 days ago um, is really the best stuff on the market. So um, I will go ahead and provide the link to that as well in the comments, probably after the show, and have you check that out. But I don't know if it's the collagen or if it's a vitamin C serum that's really doing the trick, but you know what? I'm loving that I get to, I've gotten into the habit to self-care for my skin. The other two products I use, I really love are the, um, Sonia Roselli oil. This is the, um, this is like an oil, a water oil. That's what it's called. Sonia Roselli. And it was recommended to me by my makeup artist, Maggie, Kathy. Um, and I, 
honestly, like if I don't put anything else, I love to put this stuff on because it just really makes my skin feel hydrated and it just softens it. And I feel like I'm actually nourishing it. So I do the cleansing balm, the vitamin C serum, and then I put this stuff on and I, you know, and I'm not one that loves a lot of steps, but I somehow have become really um, addicted to this because it actually feels really nice on my skin. And finally, um, another one of my favorites is the water balm. And it's really hard to see, but it's it's a water balm, which is also made by Sonia Roselli. And it is, um, it's very cooling when I put it on. It, it's really hard to see, but we'll put the link in the in the comment box. So these four products are for skincare. That's what I do to really care for my skin. There's so many other things you can do and so many other iterations and, and masks and um, beauty counter has a lot of these things, but the bare minimum, I like to, to get my biggest bang for my buck. So I only have four steps for skincare. And then I, um, I feel like, okay, I've taken care of my skin today. And, but you know, again, it's always a work in progress. So I hope you guys uh, try some of those and enjoy them. And if you want to reach out to me, I can send you samples of some of these products and we can talk about it more. Um, so that's as far as skincare, a hand in hand that goes with it is makeup. Makeup is really important for the camera. Well, why is it makeup really important? It's because we come off washed out on camera. You have to wear makeup. And not only do you have to wear makeup, you have to actually wear a little bit more makeup than you would wear on a regular day because the camera will soften your look. So if you're, if you're not wearing enough, you, um, you're going to be washed out and, um, and that can be very, um, unaligned, right? And it would, it, it can be distracting because you look washed out and people are wondering, oh, why does she look so pale? As opposed to focusing on what you're saying. Um, you have to make sure that everything that you do to show up on camera and putting your best face forward um, feels harmonious and it doesn't feel like it's missing anything. So when it comes to makeup, I do not like makeup. I mean, I really never really got used to putting on makeup, but when I started being on camera on a regular basis, I thought I really need to do this. And so I like to, you know, dwindle it down to the bare, bare basics. And um, what I found is that if you're going to put nothing else on, if you're going to put no other makeup on, the basics are, after you've done your skin regimen, the basics are you need to cover up for under eyes. If you have dark spots, dark circles, you need to do that to brighten up that area. You need to have lashes of some sort, either use mascara or even some false lashes, or if you get lash extensions, just something because lashes really accentuate your eyes and people are looking into your eyes. You want those to look great and an eyeliner. So cover up, uh, lashes, and eyeliner. And finally, two more things and you're done. You do need some blush and a lip color. Otherwise, it's not going to be a finished look. So if nothing else, think about your skincare and your makeup. Now, I have um, a kit on wasteupwardrobe.com where I sell and I, I, I offer my clients um you know, coaching on this building block specifically. I gave you right now the basics I use, but this can be also very much customizable, the right colors for you, what more to use in makeup. And that's where my kits come in and they actually help you build those blocks even deeper and even in a more profound way. So if you're, if you want to check out wasteupwardrobe.com and check out what those kits are all about, please do, or reach out to me and I'm happy to, um, to talk to you about that. Okay, next we're going to talk about, so building blocks we've covered so far, camera closet, lighting, we've covered uh, background design, your set design, and uh, skincare and makeup. Let's go into technology. And guess who's going to help us with this? No, it's going to be Rick Moscoso, of course, because he is um, a technology genius. At least I rely on him all the time. I know all his clients rely on him all the time. So Rick, we want to talk to you about technology. Yes. And uh, let's 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 have a let's have a conversation about that, because there's a couple things that people really have to focus on. Again, we want to keep it very simple so that a lay person can go out and do this, but um, not be overwhelmed by it, but really give, bring their attention to what needs to happen. Right. So let's talk first about um, Internet connection. Give us your you know two cents on that. Right. Uh, so the three things that. Uh in my mind, what Christine's talking about is internet sound and camera, and they all kind of tie in together because without solid internet, 
then everything else is going to fall apart. So when we evaluate somebody's internet connection, the first thing I do is I have them uh, go to speedtest.net and tell me how fast your internet connection is, right? So once we have a, a, a good idea of what that is, we know what we're working with. So we can tell, it, is their internet service fast enough to produce a decent stream where there's no latency or there's no lag, uh, number one. Then the next question is, okay, are you on Wi-Fi or, or are you hardwired to your router? Okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of people um, will make the assumption that my Wi-Fi is good enough, right? It's strong. And you and I both know through the almost year that we've been doing this show how many people struggled after they said that. And in fact, you know, we ended up dropping them a couple times and having to come back in. And uh, the Internet was choppy because they thought that the Wi-Fi signal was strong enough and it wasn't. So right. that's just another variable when you are broadcasting that you don't want to have to deal with. Uh, I mean, the last thing you want to happen is if you're interviewing a guest or you have somebody else on that's talking with you uh, on some kind of production, and then you're the, not only are you at risk of them going out because their internet maybe wasn't solid uh, enough, but last thing you want to happen is for your internet to fail while you're interviewing somebody else. So that's just a, uh, not, not a good situation. So we always recommend that if at all possible, if you are close to your router, then do a hardwired internet connection uh, for the production. That's the most solid it's going to be. Now, that doesn't mean that you're guaranteed not to have some kind of failure because you're at you're at the mercy of your ISP, right? So <clears throat> so if you have service with Cox or you have service with AT&T, sometimes during the day or certain times of the day, they may throttle down your the speed of your internet and you don't know it, right? Mm -hmm. You you pay for a certain speed, whatever your package is, but that still doesn't mean a whole lot to them because sometimes they will throttle back your, depending upon the time of day, they, they, they could throttle your, your internet speed. So that's just another um, you know variable that you have to deal with. But the big thing is, if at all possible, avoid using Wi-Fi when you're broadcasting. Now, if you have to, then, you know, then that it is what it is. If you're, if your Wi-Fi in where you're broadcasting is really bad, then move to a different location. Yeah. Number one, that's what I would, would recommend. If that's not possible, then consider tethering to your phone and, and using the cell service on your phone. If it's solid, um, if it's solid on your phone, then consider tethering to that uh, as an alternative. There's different things that you can do, but, um, or different options that you have, but you, you have to really pick the best one that's going to provide you with the most steady stream while you're, uh, while you're online. Yeah. And so the, the main thing is that for internet is if you really want to not to think about it, think about it at all to get an ethernet and connect directly to the router, right? That would be the optimal way to do it. Would you agree? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But if you can't do that, just being as close as possible to the router is, is the next best solution. Yes, no doubt. Yeah. And we have had those situations and people understand, I mean, technology happens <clears throat> and technology is like, sometimes you wonder, is it your friend or your foe, right? Is it, gonna, is it working for you or against you on those days? Honestly, I am not a tech person. I don't like to deal with it. So I always go, wait a minute, technology, you're supposed to help me. What is going on? <laughs> right. But, um, but you have to do your best to really get that solid connection. I mean, we have had guests on where um, we've had a solid connection, but they haven't. And we really have to pitch, you know, we have to really think fast because you want to still provide a professional appearance um, and you don't want to look like you're, you came unprepared, but you, the technology sometimes throws in this unknown, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I, I do think that as far as our connection uh, Rick, we have connected directly by Ethernet, and that has been pretty secure. Yeah, that's the most stable uh, signal that you're going to get uh, right. from from your router to your computer. 
Yeah. And so let's talk about camera, right? It makes such a huge difference. Again, we were designing um, a client's um, office space and she went from her computer camera to uh, the Logitech camera that Rick is going to put the link to in the in the comment box. Um, and what what a difference that made because the camera that you have in your your computer can be kind of grainy and not really nice and clear. And the minute you put a great camera on there, um, it really makes a big difference in the picture. So can you tell us a little bit about camera? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, if you can um, budget for a camera, it's not really that expensive. You can get a Logitech uh, C920 or C922 for under $100. I think they're 80 now. I, I can't remember, but uh, Christine will provide me the link and then I'll put that in the comments for you. But it, it, it will, will probably be one of the better, even before you have get invest in studio lights, uh, get a good camera because that's, that's your, you know, that's where you have to start. Once you have a good camera, then everything else is going to look, start to look great because now you're adding lighting and you're doing set design and all that stuff. But, um, if you know the, I, I tell people, well, if you're going to be mobile with your production, then yeah, in a pinch, it's okay. It's okay for zoom to use your laptop computer camera or your desktop computer camera. But um, you don't get the best high def quality like you do with a, a webcam, like a Logitech web, webcam. And so, um, you know, think about it. If you if you look at the tiny little dot on your laptop or on your computer, it, it's, a it's the size of a pinhead, right? And even though they tout huge, you know, this high resolution, um, it's still limited to the size of the sensor. So when you get a camera, I wish I could turn this. I don't have my cam uh, my my son has my other camera. Um, it, it it this was made for uh, live streaming, right? And so again, yeah. you ask the gamers who are not using you know mirrorless cameras, and that's a whole new level. But if they're using a webcam, they're using the Logitech C920 or the C922 because that's the best that's that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put the link of the camera in the comment box as well, because that's a, it is a really great camera and, <clears throat> you know, uh, so important to a great visual, especially if you're going to be on, you know, camera a lot. Uh, so let's move forward to the microphone. What yeah. microphone are you recommending now? Well, here's the thing. Let me just tell you the concept behind why it's a good idea to invest in a mic. All right. So you have three things you have. Well, you have two things. You have the camera and how you look, and then you have the mic and how you sound. And there's always this unwritten rule out there from any production guy will tell you this is that you can have a really good, if you have, we're assuming that we have great content, content that we're going to share with people, right? Okay. You can have a poor looking video, but great sounding sound and people will stick around to listen to your story. Yeah. If you have crappy sound, but the best looking video, they're going to tune out right away because they, they're going to hear all the crackles. They're going to hear the, the drop back. They're going to hear all the echoes from the room. Um, your, your engagement is going to be super, super low. It's kind of counterintuitive what people think, but sound is even more important than a camera. In my, right. in my opinion, and many uh, production guys would, would agree. So pay attention to your sound. Now, Christine and I both have uh, mics. Uh, I have this kind of expensive studio mic. That's why you can hear a little richer sound in, in, in this. And I have it because I wanted it, so I got it. <laughs> <laughs> it is what you do, so you do yeah. need that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there are some great options out there. So... Um, <clears throat> Uh, one of the ones that I, I gave my son uh, a Yeti, and it looks like a, oh, looks like a sausage, right? Kind of, a, you know, it's shaped, and it's a great mic to start off with. Uh, but then as mic technology develops, they get smaller, the condensers get, the condensers, which are the sensors, get more sensitive, and they're more flexible. And so just out of view of Christine, you can't see it right now, but uh, hold it up. That is the Rode Mini uh, USB mic. It's it it and 
believe it or not, it's it's like a it's a ninety nine dollar mic. It's a beautiful mic. The uh, the mic actually is magnetic, so it comes right off that base. She can just pull it right off. Um, and the reason for that is some people like to have this arm, right? I like see mine's sitting on an arm, and uh, maybe their situation they have the arm coming into scene and it's hanging down. Well, you can take that magnet and just put it up there, and now now the mic's hanging like you would see in a radio station or something like that. Uh, so all kinds of flexibility. But the the difference with with that type of mic compared to a mic um, from your camera, for example. So I'm using the Shure. SMB SM7B, which is uh, a really expensive studio mic, right? So I'm going to switch quickly to my Logitech 20. Okay. So I don't know if you notice the difference in sound, but the C920 is about an arm length is an arm length away from me. Can you tell the difference, Christine? Yeah. So this is what normally you would have if you didn't have a mic. And depending upon how far the mic is away from you, it could be your computer mic, uh, it could be the webcam mic. It sounds okay, but it's not the best, right? And so the rule of thumb is, and I'm gonna switch back over. The, really the rule of thumb is the closer you can get the mic to your mouth, the, the richer it's gonna sound. It'll, it'll eliminate a lot of the room echo, especially if you're on hardwood floors or tiled floors in your office or in your space, um, it you know you don't want people to hear the echo of the room. You they want you want to really impress them with this, the sound quality of your voice. So even with this nice expensive mic, the the closer I am to it, the the richer the better it sounds. And I, I could start you know coming away from it a little bit. Now you start to hear a little bit of the room ambiance. I have to talk a little bit louder to hear you. Uh, so those are some of the things that people don't pay attention to that are really important if you want to impress your audience, right? Not, yeah, not just impress them, but encourage them to stay listening, stay tuned, right? Because if you can't hear something, that can be very frustrating. And what's the point? You know, you could be listening to a podcast on the road. Uh, you don't necessarily need to watch it, but you need to be able to hear what they're saying and you have to hear it clearly. <clears throat> so I love the demonstration you just made with switching uh, microphones and kind of moving back um, a little bit from your microphone. Um, I think that's very, very interesting because people don't realize that it makes a big difference to have a good mic. Oh, it's a huge difference. It, it, you know, it's kind of, it reminds me of what, so I do this other show with this attorney friend of mine and he has a really nice Yeti because I recommended it to him uh, a year or so ago, right? So he got a Yeti and we're doing this production I go, how come I'm seeing, you got the Yeti, right? And, and he goes, yeah, I got it. Because why is there so much echo in the room? He goes, where is it? Oh, it's, oh, it's back behind my computer. It's over there, you know, like about five feet away. I go, no, dude, you got to put it right in front of you. Yeah. And so location is 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 a key too. But like, like for Christine in her situation, we wanted kind of a clean look. So we wanted a low profile mic. And, and what you want to try and do is you can, if you, if you can hold the mic uh, to the point where you just it just disappears to the bottom of the screen, and that's that's kind of like right there. So if if it can be propped up as close as you can to the bottom where you don't quite see it, if you if that's the look that you're going for, great. I don't mind it showing because I just I, I like the sound, so it just makes for for me it just kind of uh, matches everything that I do here. So. Um, Invest in the mic because honestly, they're going to pay more attention to you if you have good sound versus a, a expensive camera. Yeah. So we definitely will put the link of the Rode mic in there because I think that is a, it's a really quality mic. And, and, and you've just demonstrated how important the audio is when it comes to being on camera, whether you're streaming or broadcasting or just talking um, in your professional work. So um, that, that was a really good explanation of that. One of the things that I did too, to help with the the sound is I actually put, I have, I'm on a tile floor. So I actually added rugs on my floor and that tends to really help. Yeah, no doubt. No yeah. doubt at all. That's a great idea. Um, yeah. And, and so again, those are little details that people don't think about because they, 
a lot of times when they're in their, in their office space or in their studio space, they don't actually hear what the audience hears. Right. Right. And, and so, you know, it takes somebody else to kind of listen in and, 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 and kind of evaluate that. And then you can kind of pick it apart and then find, find areas where you can help improve it. If, if anything, even if you don't have a mic, try and deaden the space as much as you can uh, around you. Yeah. A rug on the floor. I've seen people put uh, drapes, you know, just yeah. out of camera view, just to deaden it. Uh, and, and it sounds so much better because you eliminate the echo and now they can just focus on your voice. Yeah. And, um, I mean, even upholstering walls, I mean, you see that in studios and stuff. So people do that for a better sound. So there's so many, so many options and so many creative ways to really enhance that audio. Um, well, thank you for that. That I really, uh, that was very informative. It gave everybody some really good ideas, Rick. And so we're going to move into the final, uh, six uh, block um, that you need to really think about when you're showing up on camera. And that is your hair care, the way you style your hair and what you do to care for it. And also accessorizing, right? We didn't, we didn't talk much about that, but th those tend to be in the, in my kits that I offer uh, hair, hair and accessorizing, accessorizing tend to go together in its own module. So when it comes to your hair, I mean, basics are really, really important just so that you can come off professional, right? So coloring your hair on a regular basis at, for, for women is really important because, um, you know, it, it shows on camera. That's the first thing people see is your face and everything associated with your face, including your hair. So I do recommend that you, you know, you stay on a regimen where you're able to color your hair, especially if you have roots that grow out, just color it and maintain a cut that is very cohesive with the shape of your face. Now we will have a whole episode on um, haircuts for certain shapes of faces, but you know, just make sure you keep it nice and trimmed and styled. Even though you are showing up on camera, you still have to really do those um, things that really enhance um, your features and taking care of your hair is one of them. And thinking about your haircut when in terms of as you mature, you know, as women mature, shorter haircuts tend to be a little bit more suitable. You can still have long hair, uh, but, you know, keeping it suitable with, with your, you know, with every, um, uh, season of your life is also a consideration. And you can, you know, you can reach out to me and I can give you more personalized recommendations on that. So many of my clients decided to go gray during, uh, the time when everybody was staying at home and working from home and that's okay. You can do that. Um, but you have to do it in a way that is still very sophisticated. So you will need some a professional to tell you how to do that. Um, and so you can reach out to me and I can connect you with a hairstylist or a professional that can help you really, really um, you make that the gray look hip and fashion forward. Um, I will say though, that coloring hair does really instantly take off 10 years off of uh, your look. So it really is just what you want to do. Um, when it comes to accessorizing, the thing with accessories, they're critical. You have to accessorize. Uh, it finishes the look and it makes you look harmonious, right? It doesn't leave anything looking unfinished. So when you're on camera, you want to make sure that you're wearing accessories that don't, don't confuse the, the, the viewer that don't aren't loud and don't um, make a lot of sound that can be very distracting from your audio. No jingling bracelets or reflective earrings that are shining in the camera or mirrored things because those can be very distracting. I do like to recommend to my clients either statement necklaces or statement earrings. If you're wearing a statement necklace, don't make your earring statement. If you're wearing statement earrings, don't make your necklace a statement. Uh, balance that a little bit. Now, again, when you show up on camera, it's a little bit different than when you're showing up and stepping out into the traditional working world and meeting people one-on-one. -on, -one. on the camera, you can tend to, to, to dazzle and distract people a little bit more because the camera has a way of doing that. So you do have to adhere to some of these guidelines. And I really recommend, you know, uh, you know, 
a nice statement earring um, with a, a blazer or your dress. Um, but if you don't want to do a statement earring, a statement necklace would be the neck another option, right? So think about making one statement with a piece of jewelry, not a lot. And um, if you are going to wear a statement necklace, it doesn't mean you leave your ears bare. You have to finish the look, but you wear something that's smaller scaled on the ear. Okay. If you're going to wear a statement earring, that doesn't mean that you necessarily have to leave your um, neck bare. You'd wear something smaller scale, but you can get away with not wearing anything around your neck if you're wearing a statement earring, not the other way around. In other words, if you're wearing a statement necklace, you always have to wear earrings. Always wear earrings. Okay. Um, so. I'm going to go over these six building blocks just as a summary, a summary. Okay. Remember we talked about, you have to, in order to have a professional looking virtual office, you have to start with your camera wardrobe. You have to be wearing things that are consistent with showing up on camera, things that don't dazzle or distract. Solid saturated colors are your best way to go. Um, staying away from black and bright white is another really good guideline to keep in mind, okay? So build that camera closet. Two, your lighting. Your lighting is something that you need to put, be thoughtful about. And the bare minimum, if you're not going to do anything else, you need that front light that will illuminate you from the front because you don't want to be too dark and you don't want anything that's light that's coming from behind you that's blowing out the camera and making it look like a bright shining light. Number three is your set design. Your set design is so important. I know people don't think about it, but it is so important. When the set design complements your look, it really says something about your prof professionality and how professional you are, right? So design your set with your brand in mind and make it so that it speaks your brand and tells a story. Uh, sometimes people will have a great wall in their in their office and like a, a great library and they use that as a backdrop. So you can really um, be creative on how you design it. If you're going to do nothing else, please take away all negative distractions from the background, like an unmade bed or a cluttered space. Those need to go and maybe just put a great bouquet of flowers in the space to enhance the whole picture. Okay, number four, technology. Technology is so important because if you don't have a good connection, if you don't have good sound, nobody's going to want to be attracted to listen. They're going to feel disengaged and it will be distracting for them. So remember, technology is so important. The most important thing you need to remember about technology is... Ethernet connection, um, uh, internet connection that is strong and stable. The best way you can get that and achieve that is with your ethernet connection. Um, and two, a great camera because a camera can really make a big difference in how you show up on, on camera, obviously, because it's how people are seeing you. And thirdly, um, I, I would say this is one of the most important things is a great microphone so that your audio, especially if you're recording something to be, you know, distributed like a podcast, you want to have really good sound. Sound usually is supersedes everything. It supersedes any visual uh, that you're offering because people will listen to a podcast um, and that could be enough. They don't necessarily have to watch a podcast. They, listening is the most important um, thing they're doing. Okay. And finally, hair, makeup, Hair and makeup is important because that finishes your look, right? You want to make sure that your hair is well kept. If you're a gentleman, you don't want to have an unshaven beard. It doesn't look good. If you, um, you know, if you are, you know, if you color your hair, make sure your roots are always covered. So really think about that as an important key to showing up in a professional way. And when it comes to makeup, you do have to put makeup on. You do have to put makeup on. But think about it. It could be very, very simple. Eyeliner, lashes, a little bit of cover up to cover up any spots and uh, blush and lipstick, just five things. And I am not somebody who loves makeup. So believe me, it's not something I like to do, but if I have five quick steps, I could do makeup in five and I'm done and I'm ready to get on camera, okay? And accessorizing, accessorizing is important. Don't forget the accessories. Um, but remember for the camera, you have to make sure they're not, um, they're not distracting. So a statement earring or a statement necklace is a great rule of thumb, not both together. And make sure that you um, you think about it and you do put some accessories on to finish your look. So 
the basic six building blocks. There you have it. Action item, go build that camera closet and think about your lighting. Just invest in one, one light that can help you look and be illuminated well. Um, think about your skincare because your skincare is your foundation. Uh, visit those websites and see if any of those appeal to you and maybe try them and see if they work for you. Um, and finally, remember that on the waysupportive.com um, website, I offer uh, set styling and um, hair and makeup and wardrobe styling for people who stay on camera a lot and they want to up-level their virtual office. So visit our website, check those kits out. They're easy, consumable, um, done with you um, sessions where we get your whole space dialed in and looking very, very professional. And so thank you, Virtual Nation, for joining us for another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe, episode 49. And we're gliding into wrapping up a full year of Waste Up Wardrobe. I did say that we are going to be talking about podcasting in general and how to build your own podcast. And that is coming. Um, and you should stay tuned for that and uh, tell your friends so that they might join us too when that, uh, in a couple episodes when we air those. And remember, we are always here at 1130 on Thursdays um, talking about how to up-level that virtual office. So join us again next Thursday and invite a friend. 